Welcome to Conversations with Anne Elizabeth, the podcast inspired by my book, I'm a Registered Dietitian, Now What?, where I have the absolute joy to sit back, relax, and have a conversation about nutrition with a variety of people who share their personal story of passion and purpose, especially my favorite people, registered dietitians. Today's podcast is with registered dietitian Amanda Cruz, food service management dietitian and president of the Indiana Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics. This past week, I've had the joy of having an intern. His name was Mark, and he was great to work with, and he's almost done with his internship, which is so exciting for him, and I'm wanting to have him on my podcast. And as his last day, I also gave him one of my books, I'm a Registered Dietitian, Now What?, in hopes to share with him some things no one told me when I was doing my internship. You can easily check it out on my website, annelizabethrd.com, where you can download it on iTunes and Amazon. I know each week I share with you how much I love Jolly Time Healthy Pop Popcorn because it truly is one of my favorite foods. Not only do I get whole grains, but I get a satisfying, healthy snack. To learn more about this perfect snack, visit jollytime.com and also get some great money-saving coupons. What I am also loving right now is sitting on top of my hot cup of tea, getting all melty and delicious, the one and the only Dalman's Stroopwafels. My friends, Adrian and Tom from the brand Passport, who distribute Stroopwafels, sent my guests and I their new flavor, chocolate caramel. Dalman's is a family-owned Dutch bakery group and the leading stroopwafel baker in the world. They currently launched the chocolate caramel stroopwafels this spring nationwide. The new flavor is delicious. It has a deep, rich chocolate flavor from real chocolate and only natural ingredients baked into the dough. While I was continuing my adventure in Indianapolis, then-president-elect of the Indiana Academy, Amanda Cruz, just got done putting the final touches on their annual meeting. It was about 9.30 p.m., and I knew upon meeting her, passion is everything to Amanda. Amanda learned a lot about being a collegiate athlete, but also about being a college student and how important food is to students when they are dining. She started her career being a resource for college students in dining services and quickly advanced her career in management in the K-12 setting for the Indianapolis Public Schools. She values conversations like I do and finds her best ones come when talking with students about food. She not only works a full-time job, but she volunteers for her state affiliate, the National Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics, and loves being a preceptor. Please enjoy my conversation with Amanda. So um, we have so many great speakers. You guys have up. great speakers. There are so many. Yeah. And we've been fortunate enough, even with our different sponsorship levels, to have a nice, um, a wide breadth of options. So it's not just all clinical or food service. And I'm, I'm a food service girl. So yes. I work K-12 food service. I feed kiddos. And so much of our affiliate is clinical yeah. or, you know, a very interesting niche market sure um, which is great but it makes planning a meeting pretty interesting it's kind of difficult to, 
to make everyone happy. Yes. Or to want to attend when they see the agenda and be like, oh, yeah, I really want to attend that. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, And make sure that they can understand something new. So, you know, for example, the orthorexia topic. Yes. Something that all of our clinical friends see. Something that you see when you're talking probably with your friends or your family. You know, I only eat green vegetables and Mm -hmm. I I don't eat anything with more than seven grams of sugar. And (laughs) that just seems like your crazy aunt until... Yeah. You know, they're literally only eating strawberries, except five of them, because God forbid they eat six. (laughs) Six is going to put them over the edge. Exactly. (laughs) So I think having stuff that, if it doesn't pertain to their work life, they can pertain it back into their personal or community space helps. Um, And really just having that networking possibility. We have so many students coming, and that's so great. That's wonderful. Getting them involved. How many schools are around in the state that actually have a dietetics program? Four, I believe, okay, and so I would want to actually look it up. So we do have most are didactic, and then we do have one okay. coordinated program down south. So okay. um, it offers some different programming, whether it's just undergrad or a dietetic internship. But that being said, you know we have a lot of students because of preceptor shortage that are making their own internships still, mm. uh, which is so interesting because I did I finished my internship in 2012, and that was. I mean, the whole idea of making your own internship. It's like, Whoa. if you didn't get one, you, you were, you know, my you plan wait. was, I'm going to be a food service manager. That's what I'll do. And then I'll be able to, you know, reapply sure. or do something. And fortunately, I was placed and didn't have to worry about that. But, you know, these students, if they don't get matched or choose to go that route, it is scrambling for people to, hey, can I come hang out with you for three weeks? Here's all the projects I need to do. And I don't think... Students realize how daunting that is for oh my someone who's never held somebody, mm-hmm. um, but vice versa. You yeah, know, I oh, think absolutely. they're like, oh, they'll find somebody, and if they don't, what do they they're do? Kind of messed up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of a bummer. So you actually, so you, so where, so you, let's let's go back to me. Let's go yeah. back to when you had your aha moment when oh. you wanted to be. In food nutrition, yes. dietetics. So my aha moment, I was a high school and collegiate rower for about a semester only. So I went to Michigan State for my undergrad. I rowed all through high school, um, loved it, thought that I wanted to do it all through college, ended up getting mono, so that cut that short. Oh my god! Uh, right? And, and that was fine. Um, however, I rode weight restricted. So I needed to either be, what was that, 130 pounds, or heavyweight, which was 138 pounds. Oh, oh yeah. So you <laughs> Big know, <difference. laughs> right? And it all depended upon where we were racing. So um, in the states versus in Canada, when we'd go and race, the weight classes were different. And so when you rode heavyweight in Canada, you were ro- rowing 138 pounds against women that were 250 pounds. Oh you know what gosh. I mean? They're they're big ladies. So that um, was way different. And so that's very different. But in the U.S., you know, they might just not be able to make that cut. So I remember <laughs> running countless hours and, you know, mm. my mom packing me what the healthiest things that she could find. And it's like, well, I can eat grapes and I can eat chicken, but, you know, <laughs> I have to weigh in in three hours, so I probably shouldn't eat anything else. Um, and then... Right next to our boat club was a McDonald's, and I would weigh in, and then I would go and I would get a McFlurry with double fudge and M&M's, and it was delicious because I hadn't had anything to eat all day. <laughs> you were starving. I was so hungry. Um, but looking back and realizing, you know, at one point, I couldn't row 130. I couldn't, literally couldn't lose eight pounds. 
Um, I was also trying to do it in, you know, oh God, probably should check my watch, check my calendar. I need to I do like that in two, two days. Weeks. Yeah, yeah. Or two days. Yes. Um, how much can I run in those two days? And so I went, how can I, how can I help myself? How can I help other students like me? And I really thought originally, well, I'm going to either be a coach or I'm going to go and be a sports dietitian. That's what I'm going to do. Um, and the more I went, you know, going into school, going to Michigan State, learning about food service, knowing that I could work in a university with students that were still at the impressionable age to make good choices. They weren't with their families anymore and teach there. That's where I had started um, with our college dining services. So as an undergrad um, and then at Ball State for four years, just under four years. So, so you actually really cool. kind of got into it. I like the way yeah. that you got into it of maybe not sports dietetics, right. but the food it's, service aspect. Mm-hmm. And that really is where food counts is oh, absolutely. where you're eating it. <laughs> and, and that was kind of the cool thing. You know, there wasn't, it wasn't a thing to have a dietitian in a college dining setting. You might have one in your health center. They might know that the college dining center serves food. They might know <laughs> how many locations they have, but to be able to have um, a resource right within dining to say, Hey, you're, you have to avoid milk because you have a dairy allergy or you're looking to lose weight or gain weight or just eat healthier in general and mm. know what those menus are comprised of and help them safely and healthy, healthfully navigate. That was, that's that, priceless. That was, it was fantastic. Um, and so it was very bittersweet when I moved to K-12 because I thought that was going to be my, this is where I'm going to be. But I also thought I would have that job very much later in life. And so at you know, 28, after working at Ball State for a few years, I went, well, what's my next career move? And that was moving over to IPS to do K-12 food service and help out our kiddos. So, so I've got run the gamut of ages here. They're just <laughs> very similar things. They're just very small children. Sure, to adult children. <laughs> yep. Oh, absolutely. Except our high schoolers. Some of them, I kid you not, you know, they're six, five, and you're just like, hi, what would you like for Isn't lunch? Isn't that amazing? It's so crazy. I don't ever remember people being that tall when I was in high school. No. Maybe I just didn't pay attention. I think I was the tall one. I, I generally was the tall one. At five, six, I think in fifth grade. <laughs> The tallest. The tallest. And one now in the class. that was literally all I grew. <laughs> like, that was it after same. that. Yeah. Everybody, everybody else passed me. My, uh, I have two very tall cousins, and we took pictures every year one of us graduated. So they're both in college right now. And so there's the picture of my high school graduation where, you know, my arms are on their shoulders, and the most recent one where they're just towering. They're 6'3 oh and 6'4, and it is hilarious. That's a, that's a good picture to have. <laughs> it's fun. It's for like memories. You, you're on the left side. Get to your <laughs> spot. <laughs> it's like recreating uh, those family memories. It's so fun. <laughs> so you actually, that's funny that you kind of started out with um, older kids mm-hmm. first. Right. And so what kind of, what kind of made you want to make the change to kind of get to the, to the, to the actual, yeah, to the K through 12. Sure. So um, I was very fortunate to have a pretty hybridized role at Ball State. So we had 14 dining locations, but then we also had a K-12 on campus. And so being able to not only know and learn and share USDA guidelines and regulations and go in and do nutrition education with those kiddos every day, but then have my older kiddos um, was kind of a nice balance. And at one point, you know, I don't think there was one thing in particular. It was what's my next step going to be? Where can I make an impact and where can my career go? And the position at Indianapolis Public Schools opened and I said, this is kind of where I need to be. I need to be able to do nutrition education right in the city 
with these, you know, 30,000 kiddos that are in our backyard. So that was kind of cool. And I do live downtown. So it's, okay, I was gonna it's ask, nice yeah. to, you know, work and live right in that same area. Absolutely. I like that you talk about what's the next step. So when you, I mean, you are a young dietitian. I am, yeah. So I think a lot of us, we go through that at some point, maybe multiple times in our career. Right. So what kind of spurred the conversation in your head about, mm. you know, what's the next step? Or did you just have a longing for something else? I think there's always, and depending upon who you ask, it's a good thing or a bad thing. I have friends that say, well, you know, if you're looking at your next step, that must mean you're not content. You're not happy where you are. But I look at it as at some point I knew that I was going to hit, I don't want to say my peak necessarily, but as much as I could grow in the position that I was at at Ball State, um, they didn't have a dietitian in dining before I came on. We didn't have a food allergy management program. There were no protocols. There was not nutrition education in the schools. We weren't doing those things. Um, And once those things were established and in place for a while, um, it was just my time. And it was time for somebody else to be able to come in and either continue those programs and hopefully... um, Hopefully not change them too much, sure. right? No, <laughs> but but more so build upon them because they needed to have somebody in there for another couple of years that was a breath of fresh air to be able to come in and do that. And so I so was. Did able you create to- those programs there? Yes. That's awesome. Yes. Um, and that was very exciting. Um, it was, it was really. It was bittersweet, like I said, because I felt like I was leaving my baby. Sure. Well, yeah, because you (laughs) Um, spent all that time developing those programs. Um, And I worked with so many students there because our Ball State Dietetics Association, all the students were either my volunteers or my interns or my employees. and. So it's nice to catch up with them now and this week. So well, it's yeah, like, they're are probably you coming. are you coming tomorrow? You better <laughs> you better be. You better come um, visit me. And I know one of my former interns is getting a scholarship on Thursday. Oh, a girl that I was um, had done pract she had done her practicum with me will be um, receiving an award on Thursday as well. So it's, it's just it's so great to watch them grow and for them to really want to help other people you know, either come into a position like theirs or help them find their way too. So mm-hmm. it's, it's rewarding for sure. Well, and I can see where you, um, you know, you do, that's, and that's a great point that you made about you created all these programs, but then mm-hmm. you felt like there was a need for someone new so, to yeah. kind of carry There's it out. There's so much I can do. Yeah, yeah. And kind of do different things with that mm-hmm. to make it grow and expand even more. So mm-hmm. you kind of paved the way though, being the first dietitian <laughs> yeah. and then creating those programs. It's a lot of, you were busy. It was fun. I, wa- <laughs> I was busy. There were days and I mean, my coworkers laugh now that were like, some days we just knew that you needed food and your door shut. And I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think it was a very unique position. So my, my first job ever was working with Michigan State Extension out of my internship. And so I was downtown Detroit. I'm from Michigan originally. Okay. I'm um, doing food and nutrition ed and food safety for low-income families and cooking matters oh. and, you know, going into I schools. I cooking matters. It's so, yes. It's yes. so fun. Um, but I knew that I wanted... I mean, I was still doing that school piece. It's like, all right, how do I, how do I get there? And so I am... I would say known for slash, I don't even know how to say this. Mm. Sometimes you just say yes to too many things. Sure. And, and the perfect, <laughs> the perfect position for me to finally be able to cultivate when no needed to be an answer was my Ball State position. And that took a good three years to figure out. Because when you have a new program and you have all of these potential partnerships, you don't want to say no to anything. It's mm. like, but what if... 
what if I can reach 400 students this way? We don't know till we try, but you're only one person. And so, you know, transitioning to a new position in a district of 30,000, it's like, well, if we, we could do it in one school, but can we do it in 66? Mm, I'm one person. Yes. So what programs can we use to reach more people? And so that's that's been a good learning experience for sure. So when you're just back to Ball State, yeah, were sure. you more of like, you said like the dietitian. So you mm-hmm. were doing like education with students yes, and not necessarily doing a lot of food service um, duties. Yes and no. Yes so and no. Um, our executive chef and I did a lot of menu planning. Oh, um, sure. Same with all of our chefs. And so myself, our executive chef, our chefs, in each dining location and our menu coordinator worked pretty close together to either make sure that things were balanced, you know, we're in Indiana. <laughs> and I'm and I am not from Indiana. So the first time I saw a menu with chicken and noodles and corn and mashed potatoes, <laughs> you about fell over. And a roll <laughs> and gravy. I was like, what what is this? <laughs> and they're like, it's chicken and noodles. I was yeah, but, like, could we serve green beans with it? Uh, <laughs> Can we give some no. color first? <laughs> no, you can't. And why mashed potatoes? Well, you put those on the bottom. What? <laughs> so, so you know, being able to understand that, that to me was odd. Mm-hmm. But it needed to be on the menu because that's what our students grew up with. Sure. All right, now how do we balance that out with stuff at the other, you know, seven stations that they have within their dining facility and having those conversations. And as the dietitian, it took it took at least two years to be able to build a rapport with some of our chefs. I say, was it difficult oh with the chefs? Because yes. I feel like chefs are very much like, this is how it is. Food police, yes. <laughs> for sure. And so, you know, finding certain chefs that I could work with that we could have a very frank conversation. I want to know how you feel. If I don't agree with something that you're saying or you want to throw 10 pounds of heavy cream in in something, (laughs) let's talk about it. Let's talk about why and why we can't switch it. If we can't switch it, that's fine. What else are we going to do? You know, can't win every battle. Mm -hmm. Um, But we also want food to taste good. And, you know, if we take all the quote-unquote bad, you know, if I take heavy cream out of everything, it's not going to taste the way their mom cooked it. So what can we do for smart swaps to keep that, you know, home-style flavor but talk our chefs into making some good decisions? So, like, our famous Woodworth, one of our dining locations, um, had this mac and cheese, and it was so good. (laughs) So good. Um, And we switched to whole grain noodles. And it was like the apocalypse when, really? with our staff at first. They're like, they're going to hate it. They're not going to like it. I said, they're not going to notice. At no all. No one noticed at all because it's smothered in cheese sauce. <laughs> and heavy cream and, and butter. <laughs> no, <laughs> depending upon the recipe. This one had, I think the that year it still had Gouda and some other really oh, yummy wow. things in it. Yeah. Yum. Um, but my favorite question to ask because the mac and cheese was so famous or infamous, depending. Um, I'd go into our first year of personal fitness and wellness classes, and I'd say, so how many people don't think that the university has anything healthy for them? You know, they all, half of them raise their hand. How many of you have gotten mac and cheese and mashed potatoes as a meal? Hands up. I love it. It's like, okay, let's, let's start there. What could we, you love mashed potatoes, you love mac and cheese, what can we pair that with so that I'm not taking stuff away from you so that you're still eating the foods you like? And I think that worked well because I could talk to our chefs, I could talk to our students. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then there were the students that were eating seven zebra cakes, and I wish that I was making that up, but 
you know, it was the funniest, like, note to make, goal, move to three. You know, one with yeah. every meal. Yeah. Like, oh, I believe in you. Which, I mean, is, is hard for that person because yes. that's their norm, but yeah. they couldn't figure out why they were gaining weight. Well, that was their go-to snack because they had, they lasted forever, and they had a oh, stash sure. underneath their desk. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Everybody has their thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think it's surprising, too, how, like, some people don't realize that that would be the contra- the thing that was contributing right. to their weight gain. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. But it would be the same even if they were, you know, eating Rolos all day, sure. every day. Because you're they probably going to eat 50 of them. Seven <laughs> bananas a day, too. Right. I mean, that could be a possibility, Absolutely. too. You'd be so full. I know. You would be. You'd be, You'd so be full, full of fiber, too. Right? Like, <laughs> but that's, I like that that they took that approach with having a dietitian there. Yes, That's amazing. It was good. It was good. Um, telling people though what I did for that first year or two was crazy. I didn't understand it. Oh, so you're a lunch lady? Like, mm-hmm. but who do you work for? Yeah. <laughs> who do you work for? Are you, are you a student there? You're like, no. Do you, no. No, I'm not. <laughs> are you sh- And, you know, you go to a conference, you go to Fancy or any conference, what's on your name badge, your place of employment? Well, I work for a university. So mm-hmm. they're like, when are you doing your internship? I'm like, oh. No. Or when do you, what, are you teaching? Right. <laughs> exactly. What classes do you teach? Yeah. Well, I filled in for someone on maternity leave. Uh, it was great. <laughs> it's, so that was always interesting. But it started the conversation and made people become more aware of what roles dietitians could have because dietitians don't even know what no. dietitians do. Um, and I think that we become so ingrained in you are either clinical or you are the your food safety Mm -hmm. you know or food service and you're working in a hospital still Mm -hmm. or your community and you're working for extension or a wick yeah or a wick (laughs) and that is it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or you're one of those famous people you know and (laughs) the ones that we see on the today show right Because see, like, I would have never guessed, like, that role being available as, for a dietitian that's outside of food. I mean, you're in right. food service, but you weren't really in food service because right. you I were still doing... the best doing, of both worlds. Yeah, you did. That's mm-hmm. really... And was it created... Did you create the position or was it created for... The position... And you applied for it. The position was there and I applied for okay. it. Okay. Um, and so that's what brought me to Indiana. Gotcha. Um, and very similarly, the operations manager job with IPS, I mean... I oversee schools. I co-supervise eight high schools. Um, and right now with someone out, eight elementary middle schools. So wow. day-to-day operations, we have management staff there and um, food service assistants, and they do a wonderful job. And so it makes my job a lot easier. But um, my other kind of things include those marketing pieces, those menu pieces, food testing, and going into the schools and chatting with kids. We rolled out... Our si- one of our 60th, I say we have 66 schools. By the end of April, all but maybe eight of them will have a veggie bar. And the only wow. reason those eight don't are because they're very small program, like 30 student oh, specialized program. A vegetable bar isn't going to do them justice. No. Um, mm-hmm. That being said, a different program will be put in place because they still deserve to have access to those healthy foods. Um, but yeah, so I was at a school all day today training vegetable yeah, bar. Yeah, you said you were doing yeah, some and- training today. Were you doing <laughs> training. the food service staff then? Yes. yes. So we did, when we roll out a veggie bar, um, and it kind of depends on the staff and the school and that kind of thing. Some schools, it's so new and scary that we're just not even sure. Um 
other schools, it's not that they're scared. It's that the setup of their cafeteria is so darn weird. Sure. It's like, well, where are we going to put this? Where are we going to put this? And how are they going to line back up? Yes. And do they have long enough for lunch? And it's super cute to watch a kindergartner try to use tongs, but only for about 30 seconds. So mm. when do we, you know, trump them practicing their dexterity and help them? And so trying to talk about all of those things with our staff so that they feel comfortable Plus, just get them used to food safety and protocols and when to date something. Um, our satellite locations are elementary and middle, and they don't have open food. And I think that is crazy when you say it out loud. Like, what do you mean? We have a food center, and we pack and wrap everything there, and then it's sent out and cooked and served. It's the only way that we can feed that many kiddos at once. Um, our high schools still have full kitchens, but the vegetable bar, that's the most open food that they've seen in years. Really, <laughs> so, yeah. you know, it, the food safety protocols are so much different. It's like, you need to wear a hairnet. <laughs> you need <laughs> to put that on. <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> wear a hairnet. You need to wash your hands before, after, in between, and, you know, here's two boxes of gloves. Because every time you do something, they need to be changed. Whereas before, you know, you're obviously still doing those things, but a mm-hmm. hairnet wasn't a big deal because mm-hmm. there's no way that your hair can fall into anything. So it was kind of interesting. It was a big, it sounds so small and so normal to a food service person. Um, but it was just, it was mind-blowing to be like, nope, here's how we put a hairnet on and here's how you fit all your hair in it if you have a lot of it. <laughs> and that's common. I mean, the people yeah. that work in those in those schools have mm-hmm. probably been there for a long time. Oh, absolutely. And yeah. they just are part of the community there, and that's yep. just how they've always done it. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And all the kids know them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and that's the cute part, is going in and seeing um, the rapport that our management staff has with these kiddos, where they can identify, well, you know, you normally get a cheeseburger, or you normally get... The crispy chicken, why aren't, you know, on your salad? What's what's going on today? Mm-hmm. Is something wrong? Um, and being able, or if somebody's crying as they're coming through the line and doesn't want to eat, they know and feel comfortable knowing, and maybe even know that child's name, who to send that person to. You know, hey, in the lunchroom, we need to make sure, because he always gets it, and it's, he's just acting mm-hmm. off. Um, and I think that's even, it's important everywhere, but in the metro area, even more. Well, 30,000 kids. There's oh so gosh. many. Yes. And so you probably many. have a very a vast variety of just from school to school difference yes. in population. Yeah. And- oh, yeah. Um, we are very, very racially diverse. Um, and that's a wonderful thing. I think that for our students, it allows them to learn more about people that are unlike themselves. It makes it really hard to plan a menu. For food, that would be difficult. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so some of the population, as you can imagine, you know, some parts of the city um, have higher amounts of Hispanic or white or black or what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, others don't. Others, it's a, m- a mix of all different cultures in one. And so, you know, jicama on our veggie bar goes super well with our Hispanic students because they've seen it before. Sure. Um, the awesome thing is when they're teaching other students what it is. This um, is jicama. I yeah. know that is fun. And they're like, it tastes like an apple and a potato made a baby. <laughs> <laughs> I like to dip it in ranch. Um, but yeah, then you have other kids that maybe haven't seen a lot of those things. Mm-hmm. And I say this jokingly, um, but it, it kind of isn't funny when you think about it. Um, a kid came up to one of our vegetable bars the other day and they were like, dude, dude, 
they got that white broccoli today. And I was like, yeah, we do. We got that cauliflower because you want to reinforce with what it's called. And it's funny in the moment, and it's funny thinking about it, but then you go, he doesn't know what cauliflower is. Mm-hmm. So, so you're like, mental no. Huh. We need to do some education. Right, right, on what <laughs> vegetables are what. Mm-hmm. Um, we had someone today telling us a story that we do fresh fruit and vegetable program in all of our schools, and um, the fruit's cut. And so if you have a cut green pear... You may not understand what that really looks like once it's put together mm-hmm. any different than a cut green apple. I know they taste different. I know the texture's different, but to a little guy, they look, um, similar. He, they look similar. So if they go to the store, they can't point that out. They can't say, oh, I loved that when I was mm-hmm. at school. It could very easily be the other thing. So there's just some interesting you know, gaps that we want to bridge, and hopefully we'll be able to with kind of more nutrition programming yeah absolutely so are you the only dietitian with the public schools i am not You're so not. um we have a dietitian right now who just went on maternity leave oh her son is adorable <laughs> um, but she is solely responsible generally for modified meals so our food allergy management sure. programs and so in her absence i'm taking over that and again, it's what I did when I was working with students mm-hmm. at Ball State. It's just in a different mindset. We have a lot more um, lactose intolerance, peanut allergy, tree nut allergy. Whereas in the high schools and college, when I was working for Ball State, it was you know celiac disease or IBS or oh, phenylketonuria sure. or a little bit more um, involved. Mm-hmm. Whereas with the kiddos, for the most part, it's they just can't drink milk mm-hmm. or they can eat cheese, or we don't let him have cheese, two cheeses in his meal, or much. whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, okay, that's totally fine. So we worked together on it a lot right before she left, and I'm sure that I will continue to step in, but um, she's our other dietitian, and then our director's a dietitian as well. Oh, So wonderful. that's kind of a nice thing to have three dietitians in one small space. I don't know if everybody feels that way, but we, <laughs> we think it's great. I think that having a director that's a dietitian, that's... I think that's, I think you're seeing that more in the school setting. Like they're seeing the quality of having a a registered dietitian in that position. Right. Well, and people that want to. Mm -hmm. So when I, so I did my undergrad at Michigan State and then I moved to Minnesota to do my internship. You did. Uh, I was going to ask where you did your internship. (laughs) Concordia College in Moorhead, Minnesota. It is right across the river from. Cold. Fargo, North Dakota. Yeah, it's yeah, very cold. It is cold there, um, but so fun. And people, I think, think I'm crazy, but it was a it was an amazing year, and I met amazing people, and I loved it. I you know to be able to go back to some of my fellow interns' weddings, and it, that was a cool thing. Um, and that was a year for me in the cold. In the cold. <laughs> in the cold. Um, but I remember sitting during our first week. We're all sitting there. It's like, what do you want to do when you're done? Go around the table. I'm like, food service. And everyone's like, You were the only one that said that, right? Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. And we did the same thing at the end. Half of those girls and one guy um, that I'm with or that I was with um, are either now food service directors at K-12s or in some capacity work with K-12 or WIC or something they never thought they'd do, which is kind of cool. And to me, that's fun because I like it and I know that it's fun. But Mm -hmm. I think that's definitely no one thinks they want to do food service. No, You're the weird one. I Absolutely. was the weird one. You were the like, weird one. What do you What do you mean you want to go? 
I, I interned in Montana for a year, or a year, uh, scratch that, <laughs> interned in Montana for two months, um, the summer after my junior year, I believe. And so I was able to do food service management through the National Association of College and University Food Service nice. um, in Montana and do that too. But, you know, that, you have people applying from hospitality business. You don't sure. have, All there's over. a lot more diet, dietitians applying now, but... I think I was the only one from our program that did because I was the crazy one. Yeah, you were. <laughs> did you guys yeah. have a? Did you have a focus a lot on food service in your internship? Yes, absolutely. Okay. So, um, and it was one of twelve, and I will never forget that. So, of of all of the internships, and they had just started doing focus areas, which I think is hilarious, by the way. So you'd just apply for an internship, and I'd be—I I kid you not—I would be sitting there praying, going. I hope clinical isn't 30 weeks. (laughs) Please. Please don't let it be. Um, And they're so different. You know, I have friends that would do schooling, you know, three nights a week, whereas we did a lot more projects and then in services. And so, yes, I had a food service focus in mind. It was one of 12 in the U.S. at the time. And it was great. I mean, I went in thinking that I was one of eight. I was really one of four because half were pre-select. And I think that's more than norm now to try to get one more schools have students that are guaranteed an internship mm-hmm. um but i really wish that that was known yeah i, I don't <laughs> think that is. i was just saying i don't think that's very known no so you know i was so happy um my nutrition intern from who was an undergraduate student when I was at Ball State, she just got matched. Her and our food safety intern from when I was there got matched. Oh, and I good. was so excited. And one was pre-select for Ball State. Um, but um, Mackenzie, when she received her notification, she's, I believe there's only eight in her program too, wow. you know. And it's like, girlfriend, I am so proud of you because you don't even know what you're walking into. And that's great. Like, Absolutely. It's really it is cool. tough to get an internship. Yes. And the re-ranking. So our... I mean, I'm old, so I'm so I I I was telling someone else the other day. I remember I just sit at home and wait for my letter from the FedEx man. Yes. So that's how old I am. Oh, it's so good. So it's so different now for mm-hmm. you guys. It is. And when I turned in my internship internship application, everybody wasn't fully online yet. So it was fifty okay. fifty. It was you know you. Oh, you're applying to that new <laughs> online school, or I have to fax this, you know. And so, and so that was fine, I yeah. guess. Um, but being able to re-rank, so you rank your schools, and then, I mean, truthfully, and this makes just common sense. If you're supposed to get an interview and you don't get an interview, that probably shouldn't be your number one. Sure. And so you could re-rank um, in March. before the match oh and I've had I applied to four or five I know Concordia was my number one after my interview which was great to get your first place match um I don't even know what the other ones were now you did but they were insignificant well now yeah (laughs) no um but I had friends match with their third or fourth. So it really just matters, mm. again, on how how high you are on their list and how high they are on yours. And you hope that that intersects in some way. Mm-hmm. Because if it doesn't, I mean, it's luck of the draw. And most people, I mean, there is second round match, mm-hmm. which is great. Which happens quite um, often. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's still it's still a tough blow to, Absolutely. you know, open the computer and you not get matched. Um, but I think we need to talk about it more. When I talk to students and I say, how many of your classmates got matched? 
you know, we had over a 90% match rate when I was at Michigan State, and that was phenomenal. I knew that if I worked hard and did what I needed to do, I could probably find a place to go. Mm-hmm. I, they don't want to talk about it. What the what with, the matching is? No, they don't want yeah. to talk about it with their friends. Like, did you match? Where did you match? It's this hush-hush secret because nobody wants to hurt someone's feelings, but I think Aww. that we need to be comfortable talking about that. Because it's not the end of the world if you didn't. No. And why is it so taboo? Because we're keeping it this way. Well, what yeah, are we doing? it's gonna happen. It's gonna, this is not <laughs> right. going away. All right. So we need more preceptors, of course. Well, yeah. And it's preceptor month, so that's great. Well, and I know, and I, I think that's great that you talked about being a preceptor mm-hmm. because I feel very passionate about. Oh, it's so preceptors. fun! It's, it's fun, and I think that that's. What do you love about being a preceptor the most? Hanging out with the students. I know that sounds so, so um, umbrella term, but. Being able, they're so excited about everything. It's like <laughs> you were there. And once. I remember, remember that? being there. It's like I get to label the file folders for your big project. Okay, you know, and it's the most exciting thing. And you write, you know, you blog about it when you get home, oh, and sure. life is great. Um, but I, I honestly think them having so many questions and being so interested and and stumping me—that's the fun part. And being able to know that I can say, I don't know, but Mm -hmm. we should probably find out whether that's a process that's happening in our own establishments. Well, why do you do it this way? I don't know. I don't really know. But we're going to find out. we're going to find out. (laughs) You know, and maybe they do have an idea that's a really good one that we can implement in some way, shape, or form. Um, But yeah, they're, they're fun. They keep you on your toes. And I remember being the intern and clinical for me was fine. Uh, it wasn't my favorite. Mm-hmm. But I remember asking so many questions, especially when it came to diabetes management and how, you know, if someone's in renal failure, like what what parts of the body are affected and all of these, like, you know, the most minuscule pieces of information. And the dietitians would just be like, what are you even asking? <laughs> and now I get it because sure. you're never going to know anything. Or mm-hmm. you're never going to know anything. You're never going to know everything. And you can't know everything. Mm-mm. No. 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 And but we're all type A, I need to know everything people. Yes, we are. <laughs> and sometimes that's good and sometimes that's not good. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Yeah. Breaking our students out of their comfort zone, shaking them a bit, if you will. You're not going to know everything. You need to feel comfortable speaking in front. We have, we have students introducing per- speakers tomorrow. Yes. We and do that it's going to be too. so good. <laughs> I'm so excited for them. So that's a first one for us. Is we, it? Um, they've always helped with so many different things, um, but we've always had committee members end up introducing speakers, and I, I don't even know how it came about, but it was like, they can do it. It's a great they opportunity need to get for them. They used to standing in front of 200 people. Mm-hmm. Why not? It's a great audience. Yeah. Please, <laughs> please don't freeze up. Yeah. Good <laughs> <Come> Yeah. <laughs> so, no, it's good. But, yeah, I think being a preceptor, and you're, I mean, being a young dietitian, too, mm-hmm. I think it's good that young dietitians are also willing and know right. that they're, they have enough experience to take on students. I think like sometimes when you're a young dietitian, yeah. you're like, I shouldn't be a preceptor. I still don't know what I'm doing, right. but it's still a good combination. Well, and I think I was, you had to be, a, you have to be an RD for a year, I mm-hmm. believe. And so I was maybe in my year and a half and it's like, here's a student. <laughs> okay. Sounds great. Um, <laughs> and I think it's the same thing we tell interns though, before they take their, you know, exam, it's, you know, more than you think. You can yeah. bestow so much information 
on a dietetic intern and chances are they're going to teach you so much Mm -hmm. whether that's about something that you haven't learned since you were in school (laughs) and they're asking you questions about it so you have to look it up Um, or just in general with your data you know how you are perceived or the questions they ask so it's good it's really fun that's great that you're a preceptor and and also that you volunteer for your state affiliate too which is really awesome I love it do you enjoy that I do very much so Um, and I our district president one of our district presidents I had lived here not even a year. I mean, long enough to be a, maybe it was a year, a little under a year. Um, and she was like, we need somebody to be our secretary for our district. Sure, I can do that. Uh, so secretary for the district. We need somebody to be the treasurer for the district. <laughs> I can do that, probably, maybe. Um, oh, I signed you up to be CPI elect. <laughs> You did what? Like for the district? <laughs> You're like, am I still in the district right. or am I out What's of the district happened? now? Did you kick me out? <laughs> so um, that was interesting. And um, for an unfortunate turn of events, our CPI, the year I was CPI elect, had to step down. And um. so blessing in disguise, best year to know nothing. <laughs> um, no one is mad at you that you don't know anything. Sure. Um, You're there. You can ask the silliest of questions. Why do we do this? I who is this person? Uh, <laughs> I have no idea, uh, and so I think that was good to be able to step into that. Um, I had someone recently who's running for our president, one of our president spots, her president elect spots. Say, you know, I don't want. I'm nervous about running for president elect because I don't think I'm old enough, and and I'm afraid one of my mentors is running. And I went first of all, how old do you think I am? <laughs> Because guarantee I'm younger than you. Um, and second of all, if you beat your mentor, they'll be proud of you. Absolutely. Why is that even? Get those, get both of those thoughts out of your head. Um, and so those conversations are interesting to have. And for people to understand that, you know, they should be part of their district. They should be getting some sort of exposure to the academy and, and what that brings. And if you don't like something that's happening, the only way that you can change it, guess what? is to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Very you can't important. you can't complain if you're not around it. Exactly. Or you can, it's just really frustrating. <laughs> Did you always know about the like the academy and as, as a student? They're they're pretty good about telling you guys about yes. you know, this and is it, the academy, this is your it state was an affiliate. Expectation. I mean, to be it part of was, it. You're part of the academy and you're going to be expected for the rest of your life to be, <laughs> to, be to be a part of the academy. I think it was 2000 and, well, 2009. So I would have been in the dietetics program for a few years, and I look back and I'm like, oh my gosh, so long. Can I still pay dues from that year? No kidding. Like, can I get my student rate, please? Because that was lovely. I just hung on to that one for dear life. Um, And so that was great to be able to be in a in a school where that was just commonplace. You know, Mm -hmm. your director was a part of so many different practice groups. We still have alumni breakfasts when I go back to Fency there'll be a Michigan State alumni breakfast. Oh, so you get and together with them. Yeah, yeah. and Michigan dietitians and a bunch of people um, from their state affiliate, too, that get together and just reconvene, and you get to see all the good things that their students are doing and the stories that they're still telling about you, <laughs> whether they're good or bad. <laughs> um, but the one thing, and I was telling our um, delegate this when we were at dinner this evening, I said, you know, the one thing you never did was say no to your... <laughs> 
to your director. Um, and that's still the case. If Dr. Weatherspoon calls you up and says, we're getting ASEND accredited, you know, reaccreditation, and I've decided that you would really either be good at the 8 a.m. spot or, you know, maybe Saturday, you know, whatever. Um, you probably can't drive here in that time, can you? <laughs> no, because it's tomorrow. So, okay, good. I signed you up for the phone version. I figured you were busy. <laughs> okay, I will do that. You know, and and it's... It sounds funny, and there is still, obviously, that is a rash generalization, but kind of not. Yeah, <laughs> if she needs something, you are you there. You go right and back vice to student versa. mode. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and they would do anything for you, and mm-hmm. that's how it should be. It's like it's, a family. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Which is awesome. Mm-hmm. So let's go back to to your current position. Yeah, for sure. So talk to me a little bit more about just kind of, it sounds like your passion really is working with kids no matter what age they are. Yes. So right now, what is your favorite thing about your job? Um, I like being able to have conversations with kids about food. So today being able to go around and say, you know, what was your favorite part about the vegetable bar? Like, what is your favorite vegetable? Well, you guys don't have avocado up there. Well, avocado's a fruit. Did you know that? And this is just the vegetable bar. What other vegetables might you want to see on there? And opening this dialogue with these kiddos, and their minds just go. And they're so, so sweet. And, you know, you wonder sometimes with some of them what they're going through at home. Mm -hmm. Um, But they're not at home at that moment. And so being able to have those conversations and make that impact there and have a two-way conversation, it's not like you're just talking at them. They are chatting back. Mm -hmm. Um, It's great. I love it. And sitting in those little little seats. I do love sitting in those little yeah. those little cafeterias, those little <laughs> yep. seats. It's hilarious. Everything's attached to the table. It is. You know, it's like, can I fit in here? <laughs> Sometimes you wonder. Sorry like, you dropped Ooh. your fork on the ground. <laughs> I guess I'll go get you a new one because I'm pretty sure I knocked it. <laughs> do you try to get out in the schools a lot? I do. Um, yeah. And it depends on the week. And so this week, I'd say a school a day for the most part. But again, with so many. Sure. That's a lot. It just kind of depends. Mm-hmm. And so um, a school a day, we have some that run smooth as can be, and you're reminding yourself to go out there because just because it's running smoothly doesn't mean that, you know, you don't need to be out there talking to sure. the kids and interacting. So, yeah, it just it really depends on the day. And we have so many programs. We have a supper program um, pilot that's going on in three of our schools. And so plus Holy Angels Catholic School. Okay. Um, and that's a partnership between – the Indianapolis Indians, which is a bit, our little baseball team, mm-hmm. um, the IMPD, and then IFD, so fire and police. And so we were brought in to be able to do the food piece. And so they, for a little while after school every day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, do tutoring. There's police officers and firemen coming in. Um, I'll get to do some nutrition ed with all of them. And those are the things that I enjoy, being able to reach 200 kiddos at once, have those conversations, play games, tie it back into what we do in food service and the foods that we're serving, um, and really hit all of those points, which is really fun. That sounds exciting. It's cool. It's That's super very fun. That's very fun. And it sounds like you're working like <laughs> random hours too sometimes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, but, but that's okay. I think... And I felt this way at Ball State, too, when people would, you know, you get the eye roll when it's like, you have a six o'clock program. Sure. I would much rather have a six o'clock program people are going to be at 
than plan for a 9 a.m. program by myself. Yes. Like, That's hello? no fun. That's no fun. <laughs> First of all, you're sad because nobody came um, <laughs> and you've wasted time. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not doing anything. That's impacting anyone. Mm-hmm. And and you have yeah. to do stuff when it when it's convenient for the people you're serving. Right, Which is absolutely. like families and kids and yep. it's going to be a lot of evenings and maybe yep. weekends and right. things like that. Yeah. So um, for the most part, school hours, 7 school to 3.45. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is nice. So and early. summer's off? Or do you do summer programming too? Oh, no. Programming so we too? do summer. So we're seamless. Okay. So we serve every break and every all summer. So Which makes I w- sense for a public school. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we, you know, and I think that's another hard thing when we're open over break. So for spring break, I want, I know we served at least 10,000 kids. Wow. That's a lot. 10,000 meals, that is. Mm-hmm. Um, and the hard part over breaks, when you look at, even if all the breaks combined were only 10,000. You know, you have people that are standing there, and maybe they only served five kids that day. And that's really hard, because they've been there for an hour and a half, and they served five kids. Mm-hmm. But those five kids probably wouldn't have eaten otherwise, um, or wouldn't have gotten as nutritious of a meal. And that's the part that we have to remember. The collective we of we were able to feed 10,000 kids. Sure, you were only able to, you know, feed five, but you're the only school in that area. And that's the school they could walk to. So we're working pretty close with some other community partners to find ways to bring more kids in. Mm -hmm. Um, But a lot of times, you know, when you have five kids come into a program or it's not at a library or something of the sort, they're not coming not because they don't want to. It's because mom and dad don't want them leaving the house. Sure. And I get that. Mm -hmm. So it's a hard one to combat, definitely. You probably have seen a lot of different things that you probably didn't weren't even aware of when it comes to just like um, working with kids and working with a, a public school system. Yes. Um, and, you know, so much was, I guess, normal when I was working in Michigan and was in the schools there. I think a lot of it is just not fully understanding what's going on in those kids' lives at home. Mm-hmm. You know, are you... Are you very loud and you create outbursts because you don't get attention at home? Do you try to steal other kids' food because you don't have food at home? Do mm. you want to come up for seconds every day, not because you're greedy, but because you're literally still Starving. hungry? Yeah. Um, and Aww. it's not because you're a growing kid. And so I think a lot of that or, you know, seeing somebody that maybe doesn't have the best hygiene but nobody's teaching them that – those were all really hard things to watch and mm-hmm. see. And, you know, in some in some cases, sometimes you can't do anything with that. And that's really hard. Because we're caretakers. Right. I know. I'm like, <laughs> how can I fix this? Can, you want to fix it all. How can I help you? How yes. can I help you? Yes. But you well, are, I mean, like you are, at a, you're in a job where you, I mean, all dietitians help people. But oh, absolutely. But this is just a different way that even though you can't help them all, you're doing right. a lot to help as many as you can. Absolutely. Well, and our, so our director um, had just started in October. So she's worked, she was the operations manager. She was, you know, the dietitian. She ran our, helped run our food center. She's, she did, she did, a she lot did of every different step things. that she was supposed <laughs> to do. <laughs> and um, so when she became director, um, I came on, she started in October. I started on Halloween. Um, my favorite email ever you it'll be all treats no tricks maybe you know (laughs) okay so I start on Halloween um 
once we figured out kind of what I was going to do, and her big thing was trying to figure out ways for food recovery and trying to get that food not necessarily to a community pantry, not that that's a bad route, Mm -hmm. but back to our kiddos. Mm -hmm. And so we've been working on pilot programs for food recovery and some different avenues. So we would prefer, um, you know, there to be five models, you know, whether that's, okay, you already have a relationship with a community pantry, you have your own pantry, you have a backpack program, you have a nurse that keeps that food, or you have a social worker that, you know, has a fridge and has identified students that goes through with every night. So that's been a really interesting way, not only to learn about our kids, but we have a lot of schools that are, we have a handful, I'd say five without counting them out loud, that are kind of more affluent. So, um, you don't look at them as needing anything, Mm -hmm. right? So when you say, well, so-and-so is doing a food recovery program, they go, why? Hmm. Well, because this proportion of kids at that school are homeless. And they have no idea. why? Because they're, they're right along this area where, you know, there is a homeless camp. And then they come to school each day. Mm-hmm. And they don't have food. And I think that, even for people living in the city, um, definitely, you don't see kids sitting on the corner. You you see adults. Sure. And, and that, you don't think about homeless kids. How do they get to school? How do they have clean clothes? How do they eat? Um, that's definitely a little bit different. That, so, yeah, that would be. Yeah, that was, that was eye-opening. I think you know it exists. But, but until you fully connect with that then that's, that's kind of a, that's, it's a whole different ballgame. So yeah. And, and you're all part of the same school system. Right. And it's just, they're just so different in oh, all the areas absolutely. they're in. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That would be interesting for but, sure. But it keeps things interesting. Well, it keeps I me on my toes. Yeah. It does for <laughs> sure. So where do you, what's in the future for Amanda? What are you, mm. I know that you're, I mean, you're I know, very right? proactive with your, <laughs> with your jobs and what's yeah. next. So, so, um, I, I hope to be at IPS for a while. Um, I hope at some point to be a food service director. I think that would be a fantastic position to be in. And I have a lot to learn about the K-12 food service world. Um, The one thing I was never, and the only reason I wasn't comfortable with it was because I wasn't exposed to it, was how commodities work and was how, you know, you Mm. operate with a school district our size. And so it's been fantastic to have such a great team that believes in the total model approach, you know, in order to do my job, I need to understand all the steps. There are many places you might work that don't, you, you need to know your step mm-hmm. and that's it. And I don't run that way. I need to know if I mess up, who does it impact and why do we do it this way? Mm-hmm. You know, that's not a bad question. No. I want to know well, so that I can explain a, to somebody else. <laughs> and if you want to be a food service director, you're right. going to want to know those things anyways. Right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just appointed to the Committee on Lifelong Learning. So for the Academy, which is exciting. Lovely. Uh, yes. So that's like that, that was just, that just went that out. That just yeah. went yeah, out. Yeah. Yes. That's wonderful. So we'll get to, I, we laugh. They're like, do you like planning meetings or something? So <laughs> as soon as, you know, I'm done with this meeting planning, I will be helping to plan Fancy and picking those continuing education sessions. And it'll be in Indy in 2020. So. Oh, perfect. It's a, it's an exciting time. And I think at that point, that's enough for me to wrap my brain around. Sure. Well, no, yeah, that's definitely plenty. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But that's exciting. That just shows that like you're, you're just working where you're working and then 
volunteering with your state Absolutely. affiliate has led you to a different step in it's your career so with great. the academy. And that's I just exciting. hope that more that that influences more people to do it. And they realize that they have something to give back. So you don't have to be, you know, we were just talking about this at your, our board meeting. You talk to another dietitian and we have this way of making each other feeling inadequate. Um, and it's not, it's not meant to be that way. It's guess what I did. Guess what I did. Well, but you didn't do this. And all of a sudden you leave going, how did they do all those things? What should I be doing? Um, and knowing that wherever you're at right now is okay, you need to figure out what your path is, not what so-and-so's path is. And it'll lead you to where you need to be. That's a very good message. Yeah. It's hard to remember that though sometimes. Yeah. Because so yes. many dietitians are just, they just do so many amazing things. Absolutely. And so I think we just get awestruck. We're like, oh my gosh. Right. How did she do that? How did she do that? Yeah. <laughs> right. And sh- I'm sure they had a team and you know, we can't exactly. do anything on our own. Yeah. And we always, like, you and, like, probably every other dietitian I've met, sure. we have our hands in 10,000 different things. <laughs> yep. We don't just go to our job and that's it. I no. mean, we're all doing other things. Mm-hmm. So you're right. People the running joke help. was, could you volunteer for something you got paid for? That'd be cool. <laughs> I'm like, I know. That'd be amazing. <laughs> there should be, like, an endless funding for right. volunteer positions. Right. <laughs> um, but it, it keeps it fun. And, you know, at some point, while that would be great, I couldn't imagine not volunteering and being a part of so many good things. So. Mm-hmm. That's good. Is there anything else that you like doing that you kind of enjoy? Outside of, you know, my job and all those things. I I really love yoga. So that is something that I enjoy doing a few times a week. Um, And cooking and all of those things. I love love exploring new restaurants. It's great to be downtown Indianapolis and be able to just, you know, walk through the cultural trail, which is a nice path throughout the city that connects Uh to all of the different museums and some different art, art sites. Um, and there's, if you ever get the chance, or if anybody's in India and gets the chance, behind the zoo is the River Promenade. And it is this place where you forget that you're downtown Indianapolis because it's limestone and tree covered. And you're walking between the river and the zoo. So you can hear the birds and the oh animals. My goodness. And, and you're just, you know, running or walking world. through this path. And I love being downtown. <clears throat> excuse me, and being in the city, but every once in a while you need to just, you know, not Get see away. a building. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Well, that's great. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I do, you do have a website. I do. Yep. So, well, I'll put that on the show notes because that sounds great. You have a, like, there's a lot of information about yes. you. So if anybody's thinking about going into food service. Or yes. I'm sure and I do. am happy to answer any questions, can, you know, things. And there's some good resources on there too, um, in terms of, evidence-based sites, you know, for people that aren't RDs or maybe they do nutrition as a volunteer opportunity, but they're not sure which sites to use. Sure. Um, those are definitely nice to be able to have. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I, I have developed a new love for, for food service oh. and that kind of stuff. <laughs> I was that person in the, in the class going, I will never do food service. And now right? I'm like, it is so fun working with kids. Oh my it's gosh. A blast. They're so cool. Yeah. Now, where were you at before? Here. Um, I act like I, I, obviously I didn't read too close in your bio. I'm so sorry. No, that's fine. Mm -hmm. No, actually, I, I actually have done a volunteer, not a volunteer project, a contract, um, project with the Academy Foundation. Right. In schools. And it's been called like 7,000 different things. It's evolved (laughs) over the years. So we did like in school programming. Yep. And then we did, um, programming with food service. Okay. And then we did programming with teachers. Oh, fun. And now we're doing programming with, um, 
their wellness policies. Uh-huh. So I've been in the whole gamut. Bless the wellness policies heart. Gotta <laughs> yeah. write some goals next exactly, week. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yep. And updating all those things. So it's just, I. it's a very important place for dietitians to be present mm-hmm. and we need more people like you that, oh, that you. want to be in that in profession. That. Were yeah. you in a hospital at any point? Yes. How long? Seven years. So a long time. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So a long time. So yeah, I, that's kind of what I thought I wanted to do, but things evolve, like you said too. So you just kind of find. Hardest part is realizing you're not, um, I don't want to say lying to yourself, but you're not giving up on your dream if something changes. Things change and it's okay. Exactly. Um, And they might change a direction that you never thought they would change. Right. So people need to embrace that. Uh, Yeah. Not be scared of it. (laughs) Exactly. For sure. So as a, as a dietitian and mm-hmm. advice to other dietitians, is there one thing that you kind of tell dietitians or dietitians to be that's kind of like your mantra? And Sure. Um, I Honestly, I think it is trying to be as close to the public as possible. So understanding that we are no different than anyone we're talking to. There is no, thing as per, no such thing as perfect. Health is not just food or just, you know, endurance exercises, you know, there is the wellness wheel for a reason. Um, (laughs) and maybe you have not the quote unquote perfect day when it comes to food, but you spent two hours running because you love running and that really brings something to your life. And that's what healthy is to you. I think everybody needs to be able to find their balance and whether that, um, happens to do with food or happens to do with, you know, a perfect life work balance that's kind of where things come in but knowing that better is much better than perfect um is half the battle whether you're talking about food or your personal life which is good that's great advice thank you everybody take note of that that's a good good thing to remember <laughs> so you answered all these serious questions How sure about some fun questions yeah absolutely uh what's your favorite food pizza pizza yeah any particular kind um uh pepperoni and mushroom that's mm-hmm. a good combination. Yep. Pepperoni and mushroom, so good. And easy. Do you make your own pizza sometimes? Um, I do make my own pizza, but more if I want if I want pepperoni and mushroom, it's gonna be you know. You have a place that you like to go. This sounds awful. It's just you know chain pizza place. Hey, that's okay. No, now I will say this: we had the best. There's a few pizza places downtown Indianapolis, and if I'm there, it's like, you know, mushrooms and some sort of garlic aioli, white <laughs> sauce, crazy stuff. stuff. Um, anything with garlic in it, though, and I'm sold. <laughs> yeah. That's a good combination. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have a least favorite food? Mm, cauliflower. Cauliflower? <laughs> the white broccoli? The white broccoli. <laughs> yep, and so I have to, you know, I try not to use the word hate in front of the students sure but we all have foods we don't like Mm -hmm. that and celery probably you know celery's great in stuff but why it doesn't grow in one stock because that's all you need ever um i don't know (laughs) i know i think that they should just have like a single stock for you to buy yeah 10 cents yep here Here you go go. this is for your soup or for your base or whatever (laughs) you're making yeah i like that yeah we should market oh my gosh we'd be rich we would be the sole (laughs) celery stock yes Yes. i like that Mm -hmm. then we'd probably get in trouble because we'd have to plastic wrap it and then it'd cost so much there'd be food waste probably oh darn it (laughs) bad combination (laughs) what's your favorite drink um black coffee um a grapefruit juice Black coffee and grapefruit juice. I don't know why. I just really like it because it's tart enough, um, but it's kind of like a sweet treat too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you have a drink that you don't really care for? I don't 
think so, no. truthfully. Yeah, no, not too picky there. I love coffee. Mm-hmm. I like I've started liking coffee as I've gotten older. I never okay. used to like it. And I like it with dessert. I think it's yes. really good with dessert. <laughs> well, and you know, they laugh, they're like, Oh, you just drink black coffee, you must be a coffee snob. No, I literally don't care. Like, Any coffee. Fine. Just Yep. Gas station, I don't care. Yeah, yeah. Now I will say I gotta scope the gas station situation out first. You know <laughs> how fresh is it? Well, and I don't feel comfortable pouring anything out of a pot that has been sure. at a gas station. Like mm-hmm. that's kind of weird to me. But oh, I'll press a button. Yeah, I'm fine with <laughs> You're that. Good with it's that. just coffee and water. You know, that's fine. <laughs> What's your favorite smell? Ooh, so I love the smell of a walk-in freezer. Or oh, citrus. Oh my gosh. Okay, wait. <laughs> the citrus smell is of- like a candle. <laughs> okay. Walk-in freezer. So what is it about? I've been in many walk-in freezers. I don't know. It smells fresh and clean and crisp and I don't know what it is, but I, I love it. I think it's a it. combination of the cold and the boxes and the I think my nostrils are frozen and <laughs> I don't know what's happening, you know? like. But yeah, walk-in freezer. Okay, that's like one of the best it's um, weird. Smell. No, that's great. <laughs> and the citrus is great too, yeah. but the walk-in freezer. Walk-in yeah. freezer. I oh, so good. <laughs> Do you just go in there sometimes and just be like, ah. uh, Maybe. No. <laughs> it's funny. So our, our uh, where we keep all of our product samples is clear across. And we have, where, we have a warehouse, okay? So it's not close. It's, <laughs> I'd say if you're looking at pallet, like pallet racks. Mm-hmm. Ooh, at least 20 down. And oh. so I have to like book it 20 seconds one time. Yeah. We, we raced um, <laughs> because it's so cold in there. Um, but yeah, so you get the smell, you have to run, you have to grab your sample, and then you have to run back because oh it's just so cold in there. <laughs> it's so it's cold. It's so cold. <laughs> and then you can't see if you have glasses No, like it would fog yeah, up. Yeah. That's not great. Well, I think when you're running, so you're creating even more heat right? to fog up faster. <laughs> Good job. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what brings you joy in your life? Mm. you know I think it it took a while to realize that it didn't take a lot right it doesn't have to be you know having this perfect scenario and having full control over everything Um, I live downtown I love where I live I go to yoga and the farmer's market and just having full understanding that I don't have to have that full control um, and if I miss something or don't do something that's okay um and just being able to kind of fly by the seat of my pants. I still need my calendar because I'm involved in too many things. Sure. Um, but being able to, you know, wake up on a Saturday, go to yoga and then the farmer's market, and then just go for a walk or sit there and watch TV for a little bit. Um, having that and doing what makes me happy, I think is really nice. Well, that is a great way to end our conversation. Yeah, for sure. Good luck with your meeting. Oh my gosh, thank you. It's going to be exciting. And I gosh, I, I do so. want to catch up with you again in like probably like five years. See yes. what you're doing next because I think that'll be interesting. It'll be fun. <laughs> oh my goodness. Thank, thank you. you so much. Thank you. Yeah. I am looking forward to connecting with Amanda again within the next five years because of the excitement she has for our profession especially in food service. I think our conversations shed some new light on what it's like to be a dietitian in food service management. So many positive things and experiences that I never would have known about. Amanda is also great to follow on social media. She shares her yoga and food adventures and all that is happening in the beautiful city of Indianapolis. If you love popcorn as much as I do, 
Don't forget, Jolly Time Popcorn is available in a variety of flavors. My favorite right now is their Simply Pop Popcorn, where there is only four simple ingredients, butter, sea salt, popcorn, and oil. I've had a lot of movie nights so far this summer and have been enjoying it very much. Jolly Time is family owned and found right here in Iowa. So head on over to jollytime.com for more information. And why I love Dale Minster waffles is because they are baked with care and a lot of love using only natural ingredients and containing no artificial flavors, colors, preservatives, or trans fat. You can find them on Facebook at facebook.com backslash US or on Twitter at twitter.com backslash US. And Dalemans is spelled D-A-E-L-M-A-N-S. Don't forget to check me out at AnnaElizabethArty.com where you can not only purchase my book, I'm a Registered Dietitian, Now What? But you can also read my weekly wisdom. It's my way of sharing my adventures of life and food, a little bit of music, and maybe something I have created in my kitchen or have eaten in someone else's kitchen. You can also catch photo highlights of my adventures by connecting with me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at AnnaElizabethRD. Remember to be great always, find the joy in each day, and to start a conversation that truly matters.